This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Little time for me to chat tonight, so let's get right to it. Tonight, our first feature is Richard Diamond, Private Detective. as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Hello there, this is Diamond. I have a little office on Broadway at 53rd Street. And if you happen to be in the neighborhood sometime, you might notice a sign on the door. It reads, Diamond Detective Agency. Yeah, that's how I make a living, such as it is. I sit at my desk behind that door and wait for someone to come in and hire me. Eventually, trouble works its way into someone's life and gives him a shove in my direction. He tells me about it, and I listen with the attitude of a father confessor. When he's done, I dry my eyes and tell him what I think. What I think really doesn't matter, because it's just a shortcut to $100 a day in expenses. Sure, you can hire a guy for less money, but when I work, it's for a price I figure I'm worth. It's got to be that way because sometimes it works a little dirty and I have to swallow a lot of pride. I get mixed up in everything from simple divorce to muscle-bound homicide and when trouble can't find me a client, it starts working on yours truly and I wind up in a corner. I guess trouble figured I was just about due for a squeeze play because one night last week, two lifers in the state pen started working me into their plans. about it, Walsh. Shut up. Wait until the guards pass. Okay. Drag out the cards like we was playing. Sure. Is it uh, set for the night? Yeah. I got the car and everything. Yeah. We'll head for Florida and get across to Cuba. Oh, well, I'd be glad to get out of this stir. Three lousy years. Yeah, I got eight behind me. I used every minute figuring how I'm going to take care of a guy. Oh, Walsh, you're not going to start that again. Forget it. Be glad you're getting out. You knock off that guy and you'll never make it to Cuba. Now, look. I figured this whole thing out. I paid out a lot of dough just to make it come off. And when it does, I'm going to kill an ex-cop. And you're going to help me. Me? Yeah. Unless you want to rot here. Oh, you're out of your mind. If this break comes off, it'll be the neatest trick in years. And you want to louse it up by knocking off some guy on the outside? You can stay here and rot if you want to. 
The only way I take you along is you help me to get a guy named Diamond. Yeah, but you waste a lot of time in New York. They'll have the roads covered by then. Look, just because this Diamond guy knocked off your brother on that bank job, you see, you, you bust out of here, it's on my terms. I... Now make up your mind, it's getting late. Okay, give me the layout. <laughs> What is it, Otis? We just got a call, Lieutenant. Two prisoners busted out of Sing Sing, killed two guards. Who are they? Big time. Bob Wells and Charles Walsh. Charles Walsh? Yeah, life. I know, I know. Diamond helped send him up before I took over this department. Otis, get Diamond on the phone. Diamond? Yeah, Diamond. Who'd you think I meant? Little Red Riding Hood? Yeah, yeah Lieutenant. Oh, Diamond, Otis. Bring me my bicarbonate, Otis. Someday I'm going to get good and sore. What did you say? Uh, nothing. Oh, nuts. Now, what's the matter? His office don't answer. Give me that phone. Huh? We've got to find him before Walsh does. Maybe he's over at Helen Asher's house. All right, Otis, stop standing on one foot. You can leave. Miss Asher's residence. Hello, Francis. This is Lieutenant Levinson. Is Diamond there? Why, no, sir, but Miss Asher expects him. Oh, wait a moment, sir. Here's Miss Asher. It's Lieutenant Levinson for Mr. Diamond, Miss Helen. Oh, thank you, Francis. Hello, Walt. How are you, Helen? I was looking for Rick. Oh, I was just talking to him. He should be here in about 20 minutes. Why? Uh, will you have him call me right away? Something wrong? No, no. Just tell him... Tell him an old friend of his is in town and I have to talk to him about it. Oh, all right, Walt. I'll tell him. Well, thanks, Helen. It'll be at least 20 minutes. He's walking over from his office. Okay, Diamond, hold it right there. Start walking over to that sedan. Don't you know it's not polite to point? Look, laughing boy, I got a big gun in my pocket. Well, I'm proud of you. I thought it was a crossbow. Get moving. Okay. I'd never seen him before. He was a tall guy with a scar on his chin. He walked me over to the sedan and opened the door. He moved in close and shook me down. He relieved me of my 38 and motioned me into the front seat. I slid in and he started to follow, so I kept one leg out in front of me and kicked him in the face. I couldn't get enough leverage to cool him, but it gave me enough time to get out the other door and start making like a miler. I looked over my shoulder and saw him climb out holding a bloody nose. I knew he wouldn't take a shot unless he got close enough to make it count, so when he started after me, I ducked into the subway. I found a dime and went through the turnstile. A train was getting ready to pull out, so I pushed my way on just as the gonnet came down the stairs. He said he wasn't happy to see me go. He didn't even wave goodbye. Wait a minute, you! Wait! Oh, nuts. No. You and your swell ideas. What's the matter? I waited for Diamond outside his office, like you said. I started to hustle him in the car, and he kicked me in the face. Oh. I think my nose is you broken. You stupid. I told you to be careful. Yeah, sure you did. You think I like getting booted in the nose? Look, if you want Diamond so much, you get him yourself. Maybe you can tell me how you're going to get to Cuba without me? Hmm? Oh. Well, 
What do you want me to do now? I still want Diamond. Yeah, but he jumped the subway train. How am I supposed to find her? I found out he's got a dame over on Park Avenue. Pick her up, bring her over here. Pick her up? I'd give you the chair for kidnapping. I'll use her to get Diamond. Pick her up if you want to get out of the country. Yeah, but a now, snitch. Look, I busted you out of store. I can bust you right back in. Oh. Now pick her up. Her name is Helen Asher. She lives at 975 Park. Well, what if someone else is there? What if there is? You want me to stop over making a fourth for bridge? Get him out of the way and bring the dame to me. Hello, Otis. Well, Diamond. Lieutenant's been looking all over the city for you. I bet you've been a nervous wreck. I wouldn't care if you fell off the George Washington Bridge, Shamus. Why, Otis? After all, we've been to each other. Uh, nuts. You better go on in and see the lieutenant. Sure. Hey, uh, Sergeant. Yeah? When are you going to get some new shoes? If yours turn up anymore in front, you'll have to ski to work. Uh, Hello, Walt. Rick, we've been looking all over for you. Why don't you cops get on the job? It's getting so it isn't safe for a citizen to walk the streets at high noon. What are you yakking about? Well, I leave my office to go to see Helen and some goon tries to hold me up. Well, you're lucky you didn't get it right then. Do you know who busted out of jail last night? Go on, scare me. Charles Walsh. He swore if he ever did bust out, he'd get you. Well, that explains something. Why, what happened? This character tries to hustle me into a car, so I shoved my foot in his face and beat it into a subway. But it wasn't Walsh. Might have been Bob Wells. He busted out with him. I can tell you in a minute, got a file on him? Sure. Otis, bring in the file on Bob Wells. By the way, Lieutenant. Oh, Walt, do you mind if I use your phone? Now, go ahead. I better call Helen. Tell her I'm going to be a little late. And I just talked to her and asked her to have you call. Where is everybody? Yes? Francis? Oh, Mr. Diamond. Please hurry over here. Something's happened to Miss Asher. What are you talking about? Miss Asher's been kidnapped. What? Yes, sir. A man came in and made Miss Asher go down to his car at the point of a gun. He also hit me over the head. Was he a tall man with a scar on his chin? Yes, sir. That's right. We'll be right over. Walt, I think the guy that tried to push me around has kidnapped Helen. Oh, no. He pulled a gun on her and slugged Francis. We better get over there. Now, if Charles Walsh is loose and he's trying to get me, then snatching Helen is a sure way to get me to come around. Hey, uh, where's that file on Bob Wells? Wait a minute. Otis. Yeah, Lieutenant. Haven't you got that file on Wells yet? Yes, sir. I was just bringing it in. Well, step on it. Otis is bringing it in. Yeah, Lieutenant. Let me see it. Hey, now, wait a minute. Oh, shut up, Otis. This is the guy, all right. He's the one who tried to pick me up. Uh, uh, may I take one of these pictures, Walt? Sure, but what are you going to do? I'll see if I can find him. You go on over and talk to Francis. See if this is the same guy who took Helen. I'm going to go down to Skid Row and talk to a wise old owl who knows about things like this. I got out of the 5th precinct in a hurry and grabbed a cab for Skid Row. I knew an old deadbeat down there who had a line on every crook in the underworld. And there was just a chance he could tell me where Bob Wells was hiding out. His name was Wilbur Truitt, and he hung out in a shabby dive called the Parrot. Hello, Wilbur. What? Again? You at the piano strike up a chorus of my buddy, for the wandering boy has returned. Look, Wilbur... I, I would rise and bow from the waist as befits the occasion, but I fear that some sterno I accidentally came in contact with has rusted my spine, and I am forced to remain in a sitting position. I haven't got time to listen to the routine, Wilbur. I'm looking for someone. Here, take a look at this picture. 
Ever see this guy? Unless I have my morning constitutional buck, I can bring nothing into focus but a large bottle and a straw. Oh, oh waiter. Waiter, uh, give me a bottle. You have arrived in the nick of time. I get that wonderful warm glow when you ask for a whole bottle. A snap comparison would be that of a happy mother smiling blissfully at a nursing babe. Okay, Wilbur, now tell me, do you know this man? One sip of strength, and I shall have the eyes of a carrot-stuck feline. Now, yes, I can see the gentleman clearly. In fact, my vision has so greatly improved it begins to take on the functions of an X-ray. For instance, I can readily perceive that the man in question is addicted to false stimulants. And his low brow and squinty eyes tell me that he is indeed a person of some doubtful character. You're looking in the mirror. No, here. Here's this picture. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Mr. Bobby Wells. The description is flexible. Know where I can find him? Up until yesterday, he was residing at an institution upstate. Sing Sing, I believe. It is very possible that he is hiding out at one of his old haunts on 23rd Street, but uh, I couldn't say for sure. Oh, why not? Uh, This bottle you purchased entitles you to one of my best guesses. To be absolutely accurate, I would need further inducement. It's the risk, bucko. Uh, bring me another jug, bartender. Ah, bless you. Try looking in a rooming house at 533 West 23rd Street. Now, if you don't mind, I shall forget the necessity for long conversations and begin to concentrate on the work ahead of me. Goodbye, Bucko, and stop in again. Say tomorrow morning if you wake up feeling charitable. I left Wilbur trying to figure the best way to parlay the two bottles and headed for the address he'd given me. It was a typical apartment house of the district. A four-story building with a high premium insurance policy. I asked the landlady if a Bob Wells lived there, and she told me a man answering his description had taken a room there that morning. She told me he'd gone out a few minutes before, and she let me into his room. I told her to keep a lookout and warn me if he showed. Then I started looking. I tore the place apart but I didn't come up with a thing. I spotted the phone and started to call Walt, and that's when I saw it. A pad lying by the base of the phone with a heavy imprint left from the writing on the top sheet. I pulled an old trick. I took a pencil and rubbed the lead lightly over the imprint, and up came one telephone number. I dialed it and waited. Ironbuck's delicatessen. Oh, uh, is Bob Wells there? Oh. Bob Wells. Thanks. Well, it's like that. One minute you think you got a lead hot enough to melt your change purse, and the next you find yourself looking like a tree surgeon in Death Valley. But in my business, it takes a conventional three to strike you out. So I found the address of the delicatessen, and 15 minutes later, I was standing between a smoked herring and a three-foot salami talking with Mr. Weinberg. What can I do for you, sir? Oh, uh, I talked with you, oh, say, 20 minutes ago about a Mr. Bob Wells. Bob Wells? Oh, yes. Never heard of him. Uh, take a look at this picture. Maybe you know the face and not the name. It's familiar. Yes, I think I've seen him somewhere. Think hard now. This is important. Are you a policeman? Detective. Oh. How about it? Oh, yeah, yeah. As long as you're a cop, sure I remember him. He came to my store last night. 
I remember because I had already closed and he kept pounding on the door. Finally, I let him in. He was very rude. He bought a lot of groceries, but very rude. Have you seen him again? Sure, he came in this morning about locks and bagels. Still rude. Mm. Where's your phone? In the back. Has uh, this Mr. Wells done something? He left Sing Sing without saying goodbye to the warden. Ah. <laughs> now, look, uh, I'm going in the back and use your phone. If Wells happens to come in while I'm back there, stall him and come back and tip me off. I'll do my best. But he better not be rude. Homicide, Lieutenant Levinson. Hey, Walt. I'm in a delicatessen over on 24th Street. The Eric. I traced Wells this far, found out he's been buying food here, probably for Walsh. You think Walsh is hiding somewhere in the neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, that's my guess. They probably took separate places so they could move in a hurry if one hideout got hot. I'll be over there right away. Good. Self-comfortable, honey, but no yelling. Or I'll have to stuff up that pretty mouth. I don't understand this. Why did you kidnap me? I've been having a hard time getting in touch with your boyfriend, Diamond. Figure if his girl's in trouble, he'll come looking. I, I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> sure, sure, play it straight. But you watch. Tonight I call your butler and tell him we got you. If Diamond wants you alive, he comes to a spot I got picked out. And he comes along. I don't know any Diamond. Ain't she cute, Bobby? Yeah, cute. Want me to fix her so she forgets how to lie? No, I don't care if she claims Diamond's her uncle. <laughs> Go on down to the delicatessen and get some food. I'm getting hungry. Okay. But I still think we ought to be getting out of town. In one hour, I call this dame's house. At 12 o'clock, I meet Diamond in the park. Then we get out. Why do you want to see uh, this Diamond? Oh, we're old friends, baby. He sent me up for life. And he shot my kid brother full of holes. I just want to see that Diamond gets everything that's coming to him. You talk too much. You've got some bad habits yourself. Now get that food. And if you're too lazy to walk downstairs, I'll show you a shortcut. Uh, Three floors, straight down. You can jump for it. Okay, okay. Good evening, gentlemen. What can Weinberg do for you? Hey, Lieutenant, that chopped liver sure looks good. Keep your fat hooks off of that, Otis. Walt. Oh, yeah, Rick. Back here. Fine. The storekeeper is watching out for Wells. If he shows, he'll come back here and tip us. I parked the squad car two blocks over. I didn't want Wells or Walsh to think something was up. Where's Otis? Otis! I'll be right with you, Lieutenant. I'm just buying something to nibble on. Mm. His nibble would grind up a whole cow. If Wells comes in and spots a cop, he'll take off like a jackrabbit. Hold it, Walt. What's the matter? That guy coming across the street. Looks like Wells. Oh. Otis, get away from that door. Huh? I can't hear you, Lieutenant. A man's coming in the store. Get away from the door. He is? You want me to hide? No, you idiot. Just play it smart like you didn't know him. But get away from the door so he'll come in. Oh, okay, Lieutenant. Leave it to me. Oh. Walt Duck. Good evening. What can Weinberg do for you? Uh, I'll have a couple of sandwiches. Hey, try the salami. It's great. Huh? Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, make it salami. Coleslaw. Uh, pickle beer. Nice pickle. night. Listen, uh, idiot. Yeah, sure. uh, he's doing fine, uh, Walt. Relax. You live around here? Oh. Huh? No, I just seen a sick friend. <laughs> and maybe that salami ain't such a good idea if your friend's sick. 
You know, I had an uncle with ulcers. He couldn't touch the stuff. It's too much garlic. Ketchup? No. My friend's got a cold. Oh. Well, then I don't guess it'll hurt him, but... You know, the best thing for a cold is good mustard plaster. And now you, you, you take the There's plaster... Here's your sandwiches, sir. Sixty cents. Sixty. Here you are. Thanks. Thanks. Hope your friend gets better. Yeah. Yeah, come on. How did I do, Lieutenant? Well, one thing is sure. He thought you were too stupid to recognize him. Can you still see him, Rick? Yeah. Yeah, he crossed the street and he's starting to walk west. I'll tell him. He knows you. Good. When you spot the place, call me here. Think I should throw a net around the neighborhood? Not till we spot the hideout. Right. Hey, Diamond. They got your girl. How you gonna get her out? They'll probably use her for a shield. That's a good point, Sergeant. Believe me, I've been thinking about it. the sandwiches. Swell. Hey, mm. you only got two. Oh, there was a cop in the delicatessen. A cop? Yeah, big stupid one. Listen, I, I told him I'm getting food for a sick friend, see, and he starts giving me all kinds you of... You sure rem- you weren't tailed? Tailed? No, who tailed me? Cop stayed in the delicatessen. Okay. Here, honey. Have a sandwich. I'm not hungry. Mm-hmm. Suit yourself. Here, Bobby. Oh, Thanks. Hey, when are you going to put in that call of this dame's butler? Right after we eat. Then we go to the park and wait for Mr. Diamond. Yeah? I'm in a drugstore across from the building that Wells went in. It's about a block away. Nifty drug. Block west on your side of the street. I'll wait inside. We'll be right down. Come on, Otis. The lieutenant hasn't spotted. Okay. Thanks for the bagel, White Break. That's all right, officer. Come back again when you can pay for it. Come on, Otis. Move your big feet. Okay, okay. Hey, you got any brilliant ideas how we're going to get Helen out of there in one piece? No, I got to admit I'm stuck. Why don't you get that bear trap mind of yours working and make yourself a hero? Yeah. Well... Maybe we could start a fire in the building. It'd have to come out. Oh, swell, swell. There's nothing I'd like better than a well-done girlfriend. Well, I was trying. Yeah. Hey. Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter? Otis, remind me to kiss you on both cheeks. Hey, what are you doing? That's a firebox. I'm turning in an alarm. There. Oh, we're going to start that fire? No, but Walsh and Wells won't know there isn't one. When the trucks come and the firemen bust into place, they'll think it's burning down around their ears. Yeah, maybe then they won't watch Helen too close, huh? Ah, that's the idea. Well, here's the nifty drugstore. Yeah. Rick, I've been worrying about something. Yeah, I know. How do we get Helen out? Yeah. Well, relax. Otis came up with a solution. Otis? Yeah, I turned in a fire alarm. And when the trucks get here, you can tell them what's up and they can go in the building and make like it was on fire. Well, won't Walsh know it's a phony if he can't smell smoke? The chief can tell him it's blazing in the basement. When they hit the street, we can get enough firemen to shield Helen and then take Walsh and Wells. I'll call the precinct and have the blocks around it. We'll need lights if they make a break for it. Uh, which apartment house are they in? That one, across the street. After I call the boys, we better go over and find out which room they're in. Quietly clear the rooms on both sides in case the shooting starts before we expect it. Garlic upsets my stomach. How about that call? Yeah, right. Well, what's your phone number, baby? It's in the book. Oh. She gonna be troubled, Bobby? <coughs> he wants your number. Now, come on, we ain't got all night. All right. 
Evergreen, 54308. Oh, that's better. You ought to be more careful, Bobby. Your lip's bleeding. Yeah. Hey, Moss. What's that? Sirens. Maybe that's the cops. If somebody tailed you, you... I told you I wasn't tailed. Wait, I'll go see. That's fire trucks. They're coming down a block. I don't smell no smoke. Hey, they're pulling up in front of this building. The joint must be on fire. Let's get out of here. Uh, maybe it's the building next to us. No, they're bringing the hoses right in front of the door of this joint. I'm getting out. Sit still. Maybe it ain't a big one. We can't go busting out in the street. Well, maybe it ain't a big one. But if it is, I don't want to end up like a pound of spirit. <laughs> Why, you... Why, right, now, come on. Hey, what's that? Yeah, what is it? Fire department, we're back here from the building. What are we going to do with the dame? Shove her in that closet. Just a minute, we'll be right with you. Hurry, Tom, there's a fire in the basement, snooting a gas man. The whole place may go up any second. Did you hear that? Yeah, step on it. Okay. Hey, better step on it, down these stairs. We can find our way. Hey, there's a couple of prowl cars. Yeah. Separate. We'll meet at the other place. Okay, Walsh. That's far enough. Ah. It's the Shamus. Get him, Walsh. Don't reach for it, Walsh. I owe you something, Diamond. You all right, Rick? Yeah, Walsh. He's a worse shot than his brother. Where's Wells? He made a break for it, but he won't get through. All right, Wells. You can get through. Drop your gun. You won't take me, copper! Well, that's that. What about Walsh? Ah, he's pretty dead. Come on, I want to find out what happened to Helen. Well, Walt and I went up to the room and found Helen in the closet. We took her downstairs and she cried a little on my shoulder. I like that. Makes me feel so protective. Walt cleaned things up and dropped Helen and me off at her place. An hour later, Helen got back to normal and we relaxed on the couch and forgot about Wells and Walsh. How do you feel now, baby? Daddy. Want to get Francis to fix some dinner for you? Oh, no, I'm not very hungry. You can have some if you want. No, no. Want to play some canasta or something? But you always said it was a bad 200 game. Yeah, it is. Well, I forgot my jacks. <laughs> Silly. Want a neck? Ooh, what you said. Come here. No. Helen. No, I'm mad. Mad? What for? Because those two thugs ruined a wonderful evening. What's the matter? Want me to go? Oh, you idiot, of course not. But I had a big surprise planned. You did? Yes. Believe it or not, I had two wonderful seats for South Pacific, and now it's too late to go. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, well, I'm sorry, baby. I'd love to have seen it. Me too. Well, I'm not exactly Ezio Pinza, but I'll try to make it up to you. Oh, Rick, that's a wonderful idea. Eh? What'll it be? Uh, some enchanted evening. Oh, really? Me, 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 me. Hmm. A some enchanted evening. You may see a stranger. You may see a stranger. Across a crowded room. Rick. What's the matter? I was just trying to make like pizza. But, honey, it's safer for you to make like diamond. Oh. And somehow you know. You know even then. 
that somewhere you'll see her again and again. Oh, you're not Pinza, but it's wonderful. Thanks. Some enchanted evening, someone may be laughing. You may hear her laughing across a crowded room. And night after night, as strange as it seems, the sound of her laughter will sing in your dreams. Rick. Who can explain it? Who can tell you why? Ricky. Fools give you answers. Wise men never try. Oh, Oh, honey, what's the matter? I was just falling in love with myself. Come here. You never let me finish. Do you mind? Oh, no. And I'm sure Mr. Pinza doesn't either. just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Paul Fries, and Larry Dobkin. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards and directed by William P. Rousseau. Now this is Eddie King inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. This program has come to you from Hollywood. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Stay tuned for Duffy's Tavern next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Time now for Duffy's Tavern. The hand lotion with the beforehand extra and Vitalis for well-groomed hair bring you Duffy's Tavern, starring Archie himself, Ed Gardner. Here's the proven way to keep your hair well-groomed. The way successful men in both sports and business keep their hair looking its very best. It's Vitalis and the 60-second workout. See how the Vitalis workout helps your hair, stimulates your scalp. See how it prevents dryness, routes loose dandruff, and helps check excessive falling hair. And see how Vitalis keeps your hair handsome and healthy looking with never a trace of a greasy patent leather shine. For there's not a single drop of mineral oil in Vitalis. So try Vitalis and the 60-second workout. You'll like it. And you'll like what it does for the looks of your hair. Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet the Archie, the man you're speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Oh, nothing new. The letter carrier was just in, delivered a stack of poison pen letters. Yeah, bills. <laughs> well, so much for the bulk of the mail. Uh, now for the complaints. Uh, there's a letter here from the Department of Sanitation. Yeah, they say we'll have to do something about the garbage, Duffy. Yeah, they... 
claimant ate a hole through the bottom of that truck. <laughs> well, look, I'll call you back. Uh, <clears throat> what else have we got, Eddie? Uh, well, get a personal letter to you from the finance company. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they say if you don't settle up right away, they're going to throw you in jail. Oh, yeah? What else did they say? I don't know. I ain't opened it yet. <laughs> them finance companies, when you first go to them, they're as sweet as pie. Just overlook a couple of years' payments and you find out they're real character. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Look at here. A letter from the Ritz-Carlton. Hey, who do I know lives at the Ritz-Carlton? Let's see. Yeah, dear Archie, haven't seen you since our old days at PS4, but have often thought about you. Many's the time I think about our old class motto, Sick in Hoc Transit Hospice. <laughs> what does that mean? Nothing, it's Latin. <laughs> Was our class code? Uh, we'll be down to see you at the tavern tonight. Signed, your old classmate, Willie Gundig. Willie Gundig. I wonder if I'll recognize him. It's been such a long time since I was in school. Yeah. And you were there such a short time. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Gundig. Hmm. Living at the Ritz Carlton. Good friend of yours? Well, no. Uh,. Him and me never hit it off too good, Eddie. He was always rubbing it in because he got better marks than me. I happened to know it was because he cheated. Cheated? Yeah, he studied. <laughs> hmm. Living at the Ritz-Carlton. You never could stand that guy. Always thought he was such a big shot just because his old man owned his own push cart. <laughs> Always walking around with his nose in the air like he was smelling something bad. Uh, hello. <laughs> hello, Finnegan. Uh, uh, Finnegan, guess who I just got a letter from? Uh, General Smutch? <laughs> No. Well, then I give up. <laughs> uh, well, I, can you give me a clue? Well, okay. He was in PS4 with us, and his initials is WG. Uh, George Washington? <laughs> Wrong again, Finnegan. It's Willie Gundick. Willie Gundick. You remember him. Remember the guy was always being punished for putting the girl's hair in the inkwells, uh, tying the cans on dogs' tails, uh, uh, putting tax on the teacher's chair. Yeah. Well, uh, Willie Gundig was the guy that always squealed on me. <laughs> oh, 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 that's Willie Gundig. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> the guy the yearbook said was the most likely to succeed. Hey, wait a minute. I wonder if I still got that yearbook here in the safe. Uh, good old P.A. Uh, P.S.J. Uh, four? Yeah, yeah, four. Uh, wonderful school, Eddie. Uh, what memories it brings back? That was a good old day, then. Yeah, they, they don't make days like that no more. Well, here we are, Finnegan, our old yearbook. Hey, look at this picture here. Remember these guys? No. You don't? No, that was the graduating class. <laughs> Yeah, but look at them now, huh? 
What a tough bunch of kids that was. Really tough, huh? Eddie, we used to eat the apples and bring the teacher to worms. <laughs> yes, sir, any kid that was in PS4 didn't have a broken nose was either the principal or a new pupil. <laughs> That's it. Uh, how come the kids are staying around in the shirt sleeves with all that snow on the ground? Eddie, that ain't snow. That's teeth. <laughs> Tell me something. Who, who's the girl on the end with the black eye? The teacher. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. There he is. Who? That jerk, that Willie Gundy. Let's see. Well, it says, yeah, he was voted the student most likely to succeed. Yeah. Well, uh, where's your picture, Miss Archer? Uh, somewhere there. It's hardly worth looking for, though. It's a very bad picture. Hey, wait a minute, Arch. Here it is on the next page. Uh, anybody want to see pictures of the girls' volleyball team? <laughs> no. We want to see your picture. Oh, well, uh... <clears throat> Here it is. Miss mm. Archie, your thumb. What about it? It's covering what you was most likely to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... What does it say, Eddie? Archie, the man most likely to be a failure. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a misprint. <laughs> I don't know. Willie Gundig's living at the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking, I... I bet you that Willie Gundig himself wrote them most likely twos there. He's always jealous of me, you know, because of uh, me and uh, Alice Vanderwater. Alice Vanderwater? Yeah, the prettiest girl in the school. Oh, yeah, I remember her, Arch. The tall, skinny, bow-legged dame with the buck teeth. <laughs> okay, so she was the second prettiest girl in the school. Yeah. Oh, funny thing. I just ran into Alice Vanderwater the other day over on Avenue A. Oh, really, Miss Duffy? Yeah. Uh, is she married? Yeah. She married Elma Zinser. Elma Zinser, huh? Yeah. And guess what? They got 15 kids. 15 kids? Yeah. But I don't think she's very happy. <laughs> uh, tell me, uh, why? She says she can't stand Elma. <laughs> Hey, hey, wait a minute, Art. Uh, ain't this my picture? Where? Oh, yeah, yeah. Finnegan, what was you doing with the debating team? Art, what do you think they was debating about? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Here's one that brings back old memories, though. The old baseball team. We sure had a great ball team that year, didn't we, Finnegan? Yeah, boy, I'll say. Look. There's Lefty Schultz, a first baseman. Yeah, and Lefty Ryan, a shortstop. Yeah, Lefty McManus, the catcher. <laughs> Lefty Shapiro, the center fielder. Yeah. Georgie Baker, the third baseman. Georgie Baker? How come he wasn't left-handed? <laughs> he was. We just ran out of nicknames. <laughs> uh... <laughs> By the way, Finnegan, uh... Tell Eddie who was the star of that team. Oh, you tell him, boy. Well, I don't like to brag. Um... Oh, come on, Lefty, tell me. <laughs> well, Eddie, I'll never forget the day we played PS6 for the Division C championship. <laughs> Get this, Eddie. Get the drama. 
I'm pitching for PS4, see? It's the ninth inning, there's two out, and the bags is loaded, see? Up to the plate comes home run Feigenbaum. <laughs> the heaviest hitter on PS6. So I give him a cool look in the eye for a couple of minutes, and I start me wind up, see? Eddie... I threw three straight strikes at him. The guy never got his bat off his shoulder. I'm telling you, the crowd went nuts. That strikeout won the game for PS4, huh? Uh, not exactly. They, uh, they nosed us out 43 to nothing. <laughs> All on account of that Willie Gundig dropping that high fly in the second inning. <laughs> The guy most likely to succeed. Happens a lot of other PS4 guys succeeded, too. Oh, Archie, stop bragging. You know that PS4 turned out nothing but bums. Oh, yeah? What about Al Peters, for instance? Who's he? Only the chief herring salter at the Fulton Fish Market. (laughs) And what about Henry Shaw? Another success? Merely the head of the Will Call Department of Feinberg's Tiny Tuts Toggery Shop. <laughs> and what about Gus Christophilus, the famous television actor? A famous television actor? Ain't lost a fall in 15 straight bouts. <laughs> hmm. And they pick Willie Gundig as the most likely to succeed. Hmm. Uh, Miss Arthur, here come Joe Moran, the radio announcer. Hey, well, wasn't he one of your pals at PS4? Oh, sure. Hiya, Joe. Hiya, Lefty. <laughs> uh, hey, Joe, we were just going over the old yearbook here. Uh, uh, you remember Willie Gundig. Uh... Willie Gundig? Yeah. Whatever happened to him? He's uh, living at the Ritz-Carlton. Say, that's swell. I'm always glad to hear that one of the old gang made good. Yeah, me too. Say, I wonder if Willie knows that I am now a radio announcer. Well, if he don't, I'll break it to him gentle. I'll tell him first that you're dead. (laughs) Hey, Lars, is is Joe's picture here in the yearbook? Yeah, let's see. Oh, yeah, here you are, Joe. (laughs) What a silly picture. Look at me with my mouth wide open. Yeah, even them days you look like a radio announcer. Look, why do you guys have to open your mouths anyhow, Joe? What do you mean? Well, people never listen to them commercials. Why don't you just save your breath and read them silently yourself? But, Arch, if people listened and heard nothing but silence, what would they think? That radio had at last been perfected. <laughs> oh, look, Arch, that's silly. You mean I should just stand there and move my lips? Why not? Go ahead, just move your lips and see if I can tell what you're saying. Well, okay. Touche uh, is the different hand lotion. Right. <laughs> it not only keeps hands feeling smoother, looking lovelier all the time. Absolutely right. Wait a minute, you studied a bit. Uh, studied a bit. Oh! Okay, we both stuttered a bit. Okay, well, what was it you said? We got to get this thing in here. Oh, you want to know what I said? What did you say? All right. Truche also has a unique beforehand extra that protects hands from chapping. 
Okay, try another one. Right. <laughs> as long as Truchet is on your hands, they're guarded against painful chapping. That's right. Water chapping as well as weather chapping. Arch, I didn't say that. Well, I didn't want to make you seem like a blabbermouth. <laughs> but that's all aside to the point, Joe. Tell me something. Look. When Willie Gundy gets here, what can I do to impress him that I am also a big success? You can hide. <laughs> you know, Arch, you sound like you're sore at Willie Gundy. Me sore? Why? Just because he's living at the Ritz-Carlton? I'm glad he's a success. Good luck to him. But don't give him too much credit. Don't forget success is all in the breaks. What do you mean it's all in the break? Well, take me. Nine years ago, when I answered Duffy's ad for a busboy. What about it? If I had looked two inches to the left, I'd have seen that ad for an expert suspension bridge engineer. What? <laughs> what do you know about being a suspension bridge engineer? What did I know about being a busboy? <laughs> what I say, it's all in the breaks. Now, look, Eddie. When Willie gets here, I want you to bear me out in one little white lie, huh? What's the white lie? I'm gonna tell him I'm a millionaire. <laughs> How are you gonna explain to him why you're working as a bartender? I'm eccentric. <laughs> yeah, but them clothes are yours. How are you gonna explain all them spots? Money stains. <laughs> Wait a minute. Why couldn't I have me stockbroker come in and tell me what a fortune I just made, huh? Who's gonna be the stockbroker? Well, let me see. Who could, uh... Eddie, I know what you're thinking, but who else is there? Uh, look, Finnegan. When Willie Gundy gets here tonight, I want you to tell him that you're a big stockbroker from Wall Street, see? What's Wall Street? Well, it's uh, sort of an unsocial pyramid club. Uh... Look, Arch, if I'm going to be a broker, shouldn't I know something about stocks? Believe me, you know as much about them as anybody. <laughs> but uh, just in case, I'll try to explain to you quickly how the market works here. Yeah. You see, the dollar, or as it was originally known as uh, the wampum, uh, <laughs> was used as barter until the gold standard came in, see? Now, this change didn't take place just overnight. It took many years of civilization for the dollar to get up to as little value as it has today. <laughs> uh, now, to continue, as, uh, as you probably know... Uh, Art, uh, let's not take anything for granted. <laughs> okay. As you probably don't know... Uh, better. Uh, all business is based on money, you yeah. see. Now, when you have money, it's called capital. Uh, when you're trying to get it, it's called labor. <laughs> uh, this is what they call the Dow Jones averages. Uh, in other words, uh, when you buy stocks and they go up, uh, you get a seat on the stock exchange. See, uh, gee, but what happens if the stocks go down? Then you lose your seat. <laughs> All right, if you lose your seat, where do you sit? Uh, you, you sit on a thing uh, called the curb. <laughs> Any further questions? Yeah. What? How can I be a stockbroker when I can only count up to ten? 
With stocks the way they are today, you don't have to count any higher. That is, unless you happen to be Willie Gundick. Hmm. He'd probably come rolling down here in a big car. Hey, wait a minute, a big car. Eddie, call Mutual 95,000. Who is that, the laughing Lithuanian or the chuckling Czech? Eddie, quit making up names. <laughs> Give me the phone. Hello? I'd like to talk to Nick, please. Yes, the giggling Greek. <laughs> Hello, Nick. Uh, this is Archie from Duffy's Tavern. Uh, send over a Cadillac limousine, will you? The money? Look, Nick, if I buy the car, you'll get the money. Okay. Eddie, uh, I don't think that car will look uh, right standing outside the tavern without a chauffeur. I said I don't think the car will look right standing outside the tavern without a chauffeur. Now, wait. Whoa. See, I was hired as a waiter. You can also be fired as a waiter. <laughs> well? Will you be needing the car today, sir? That's better. I'll show that, Willie Gundy. <laughs> Good afternoon, sir. I'm looking for the gentleman who ordered the new limousine. I am that millionaire. You? You see any other millionaires around? Uh, come on, chauffeur. Uh, leave us go outside and take a look at the car. Well, there she is, gentlemen. A brand new 1949. Ha! Ziggity. <laughs> Man, with a car like that, I could be the Alec Khan of Harlem. <laughs> Just a second, young man. Uh, looks ain't everything. You know, a car is like a dame. It's what's under the hood that counts. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to check the motor. Check the motor? Look, bud, this is a 1949 Cadillac. I am not impressed by sales talk. <laughs> if you don't mind, I'd like to look over the motor myself. Okay, if you insist. Well, uh, let me lift up the hood here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looks like a pretty good motor. You're looking in the trunk compartment. <laughs> huh? But the motor is up at the other end of the car. Oh, just want to see if you know your business. Uh. <laughs> now tell me, uh, is uh, this the model with the uh, hydrochloride clutch? <laughs> the what? Well, I'll try to put it simply. Uh, what is the horsepower? It's 160. On what basis is that computed? Well, it's figured on the basis of 550 foot-pounds in one second or 33,000 foot-pounds in one minute. I'm afraid you haven't answered my question. <laughs> what I'm trying to find out is, uh, does this horsepower have uh, Timken bearings? Uh, I give up. <laughs> See, Eddie, I got him stumped. <laughs> Let's see here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, they got a new type carburetor. Bud, that's the horn. Oh, oh yes. This is the carburetor over here. That's the battery. Uh, wait a minute. Here's a cute little gadget. Uh, hey, hey, what's that thing? That? Got? Well, that mixes gasoline with air to form a vapor that explodes when injected into the cylinders. Oh, really? What do they call it? The carburetor. <laughs> He was doing better in the trunk rack. 
was in there with me, I think. <laughs> uh, look, young man, uh, just uh, leave the car parked uh, here at the curb for a few hours, and I'll think it over. Uh, by the way, uh, what's the price? Six thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm, Twelve thousand payments, and she's yours. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it, though, just to burn up that Willie Gundig. Well, look, young man, as I say, I'll think it over. Uh, just leave it parked there in front of the tavern for a few hours until I make up my mind, huh? Okay. But you don't mind if I take the key, do you? Not at all. Uh, just be sure that you leave the price tag on in a prominent place. Yeah, what you doing, Mr. Archie? Uh, hanging up some pictures. Mm-hmm. I'll show that, Willie Gundig. Look at this autograph here, Eddie, huh? Let's see. Sorry, Archie, but I'm marrying for love. Money isn't everything. Signed, Rita Hayworth. <laughs> Me, the man most likely to be a failure. <laughs> Give me another tack, will you? Yeah, yeah. I want to hang up this map of the world. Yeah. How's that look, Eddie? Let me see. To Archie, thanks for the loan, signed, France, Italy, and Great Britain. <laughs> and that's the same Archie that was voted the most likely to be a failure. <laughs> Wait till that guy gets here. Between me stockbroker, me chauffeur, me Cadillac, and them autographs, I'll have that Willie Gundig borrowing money from me. Hey, wait a minute. This looks like him coming in now. Willie? Archie? Yeah. You ain't changed a bit. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> so you're Willie Gundig, the man voted most likely to succeed, huh? That's right, Arch. You remember that, huh? I certainly did. Arch, uh, tell me, do you remember the time that... I remember it very well. <laughs> well, it's great to see you again, Arch. Thank you. I noticed your letter was wrote on Ritz-Carlton Stationery. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk to you about. Don't brag about it. There's a couple of other guys that are doing okay, too. Did you see that limousine outside? Yeah. It's mine. Well, I'm glad to hear you're doing so well, Arch. As for me... Uh, just a second. Oh, James, uh... Yes, my lord? <laughs> uh, better put the limousine in the garage and get out the convertible. It's beginning to look like rain. <laughs> okay, sir. Uh, James is me chauffeur, you know, uh, Oh, a chauffeur, huh? Yes. Oh, by the way, James... Uh, yes, sir? When I go for my usual drive in the park today, be sure to cover me with me buffalo robe, uh, <laughs> And take care to tuck me in with the fur side towards me. What? Why? Well, you always keep the fur side closest to, you know, it's warmer that way. Uh-huh. Too bad the buffalo didn't know that. <laughs> That'll be all, James. Uh, now, Willie, uh, enough about my fabulous success. Uh, <clears throat> tell me about yourself. Well, I'll tell you, I... Uh, that Cadillac, you know, cost $6,000. Well, it's a sure a surprise, Arch. You know, I always thought you'd end up... Well, you remember what the yearbook said about you? Leave us in that park at Sleeping Dogs. <laughs> now, where was we? Uh, oh, yes, you was talking about what a big shot you was. Well... Uh, excuse me a minute. Oh, stockbroker, uh... Uh, tape. Uh, have we heard anything from the Secretary of the Treasury? Yeah, he says he wants you to send in your taxes. The government needs the money. 
Oh, uh, how much is me taxes? Uh... Half a million bucks. Okay, go down to the bank and get it. Wait a minute, forget the bank. Uh, take it out of petty cash. <laughs> well, Willie, tell me, uh, how are things with you? Uh, well, I... uh, Just a second. Oh, stockbroker. Uh, yeah? Uh, what's the latest on the ticket? The doctor says not to worry. It's just gas. <laughs> My broker was slightly stunned in the crash of 29, you know. But enough about me and uh, my sensational success. Uh, tell me about you, Willie. Uh, how you doing? Well, frankly, Arch, I could use 10 bucks. Oh, stockbroker. What did you say, Willie? I could use 10 bucks. You mean you're broke? Yeah. But how can you be broke and live at the Ritz-Carlton? I don't live there. I just work there. That is, until yesterday. Then why did you write your letter in their stationery just to look like a big shot? Well, I can explain that, Arch. Willie, if there's anything I hate, it's a phony. It's... <laughs> Arch, don't get sore. I just thought maybe for old time's sake you could let me have ten bucks. It wouldn't mean anything much to a guy like you. Oh, a Cadillac. I guess ten bucks ain't gonna break a man of my means. Uh, James. Find some other means. <laughs> yeah. You really need the ten, huh, Willie? I sure could use it. Okay, kid. Here, here's ten bucks. Thanks, Arch. You're still a great guy. And if I run into any of the old gang, I'm sure gonna tell them what you did for me. Please, just tell the ones with money. <laughs> uh, well, nice to have seen you again, Willie. Uh, sick in hot transit hospice. So long, Arch. So long, kid. Good old Willie. Nice guy, Eddie. I always liked him. He used to be a failure, and here he has to come to me for a lousy ten bucks. Ain't it funny how life sometimes works out? This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Father Knows Best, followed by Inner Sanctum. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.